Okay, today's class is in the success of all Kal Yisrael. May everybody merit a redemption for whatever they need in their life. Okay, Wednesday night's class is going to be in Lincoln Road. Chabad of Lincoln Road. There's usually a lot of singles that go there. So I strongly recommend. Chabad of Lincoln Road is definitely a singles uh, synagogue. Okay, let's go. And that's going to be, I, we already put the, uh, the class is going to be on positive psychology. I'm going to take it easy from the Brit and then Tikkun Akhali a little bit, just to not scare people off a little bit. But don't worry, I'll get them in the back door. Okay. So today's class, we're going to have an amazing class today. We're going to do lesson 9, lesson 12, and lesson 177 in Likute Maran. I was reading something, I was reading a book, and it had a cute concept that a person should never fix your roof when it's raining. And I said, that's a very deep concept. Most people are trying to fix their problem when it's raining. When their emotions are running 100% wild. You would never fix a roof when it's raining. What do you say? Let's, let's make sure it stops raining, and then we fix. This is a very important concept that we should... We need to step away from our problem. Look, let's look at our problems as a third party. How would a third party handle the situation? Because usually it's the emotions that are making you, the person's making the wrong decisions. Because there's, again, they're taking things personal, they're taking things that are not present. It's usually that's probably, probably 99% of the problems is, is because you're, you, the emotions you're tied to it. But if you look at it as an independent party, you can make a much rational decision. So again, if it's raining outside, do not attempt to fix your roof. Wait till it stops. Calm down, change your state, look at the situation differently. Don't get the first, the otherwise you're gonna say, every time I try to fix the roof, I get poured on, I slip off the roof. Yes, that's exactly what happens. It's very important to do teshuva. When you're mochem kat, when you're mochem gadlut, not mochem katnut. When you're in a good mood, Rabbi says, person to do teshuva when he's in a good mood, when he has a settled mind. Because if he doesn't have a settled mind, he's going to do it. Okay, sorry Hashem, sorry for this, sorry. He's going to do it out of, out of not out of love. That's not the point. The point is to get the to get the dot. So that's that's number one concept. The second concept is. Um, the whole point of, we're going to talk about the whole point of why, what, what are we saying when we're saying Kaddish? One of the number one prayer that a person should say every single day is, Hashem, give me the dot to do your will. Give me the dot to do your will. Because ultimately the key to everything is to do Hashem's will. It's to accept everything. So we should understand, we should ask Hashem, please give me the dot. Give me the knowledge to understand what your will is at, the, at every moment. You know, I'm making major decisions. And right now, this year, this is a major I'm moving neighborhoods. I'm changing business. I'm doing so many, so many things this year. It's unbelievable. And all we have to ask is Hashem. Is Hashem. But there's times that Hashem wants you to change. There's times that Hashem wants you to move. There's, you know, this is, it's a, you shouldn't be afraid to move. But you should, the main thing you should say is, I want to do what you want me to do. That's it. You keep it super simple. The whole problem today is we're going against Hashem's will. Hashem wants something from you, and you want something else. And that's the difference that's causing all the problems in life. 
Nachman said in lesson, one, lesson 12, in the Kutet Tanina, when a person follows his own intellect and cleverness, he can fall into many mistakes and pitfalls. God forbid. There are those who have caused tremendous damage because what happens? They follow their own ideas, they follow their own intellect. We said many times that the less emunah and bitachon you have, the bigger your stories are. Of course, I'm never going to be unsensitive. People are going through things. But you shouldn't be in therapy for 20 years. Okay, go to therapy for a couple of years. 20 years, something's wrong. I mean, the therapist is making tons of money on you. But you have a problem with the, with the belief system. It's a root. It's the root is a munah. The root is a munah. But you're there for 20 years, you're recovering from this. We said it before. Vayidom aharon. The minute you accept, you're accepting Hashem's will, Hashem speaks to you. He whispers in your ear, this is what you got to do next. That's the key. We need to understand that. It's so important. We don't accept, we don't get that whisper. You don't get that whisper. You don't get that connection. It's a very important concept. That's why simplicity. Don't overcomplicate your life. So many people, like today. Today there's so many choices. People have too many choices. You know, before you used to date a girl. Now I have 20 apps, 20 different girls from 20 different places. What do I choose? I don't know. Uh, and then when you go out with her, maybe there's a better one. And maybe there's a better one. And maybe there's a better one. And don't you see the pattern? Don't you see the pattern? It's the same pattern. You're never going to be happy. Because you think there's always something better and better and better. And you're going to end up bitter. Not better. This is what it is. Too much, too many choices people have today. You go to, you go to a restaurant. Went to a restaurant the other day. You go to a very high, high-end restaurant. They don't have a Megillah as a menu. These are the items. This is what we make. One of my favorite restaurants is in California. It's called, um, in the Herzog, beautiful Herzog Winery. Tierra de Sur. Unbelievable restaurant. Farm to table, everything's super fresh. And there's four or five choices. There's no 25 pages of, you know, do you, it's every coach restaurant has sushi, has Mexican food, they all have the same thing. Keep it simple, same thing. Exactly. Eight choices, that's it. But hear this, the problem is too many. Too many choices. And then people get dizzy. They get, you know what it's called today? Decision fatigue. And then they're so burnt out, they can't even make any decisions. There's too many choices today. Same thing with, with our problems. The choice is one. Emuna, I don't understand everything. What's next? I hate to sound so simple. People tell me, how could you be so insensitive? People, but people are going through those problems because they're too complicated. That's exactly the problem. That's exactly the problem. I mean, I get sometimes texts of four-page things. I can't read four pages of problems. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. That's emunah. Emunah means every day is a new day. Everything can change. Don't, I don't want to see four pages of text. I don't have the head, even have the head for even. It's already too complicated for me to answer. So, the essence of Judaism, Rabbi Nachman says, 
is to conduct oneself solely with innocence and simplicity, without any sophistication. A person has to assert in themselves that God is present in whatever he does, without any concern whatsoever for his own self-esteem. You have to focus on self-fit, selfless, and stop being selfish. He should do, though, and bring glory to God. Even when he falls into doubts, God forbid, one is decent, could be extremely fault because you could start getting all of these complete stories and complications and, and, and blaming parents and blaming this one and blaming that one. All of this thing is the opposite of utmost simplicity. When you pray one prayer every day, you should say, give me the dot, give me the consciousness, give me the knowledge to know what your will is. That's it. It would solve a lot of problems. Because if your will right now, sometimes it's Hashem's will right now that He wants you to forgive somebody. Sometimes it's Hashem's will that He wants you to, to get closer to Him through a problem. We're going to talk about that now. It's where we say Kaddish every single day. It's whatever Hashem's will to do. If you keep it super simple, and again, I own five businesses, I have five kids, I deal with thousands of people. It's all the same problem. Overcomplication of everything. Making things worse than they are. Instead of focusing on what, what, what you want, they focus on what they don't want to happen. They bring fear into their lives. They bring chametz into their life. They bring all kinds of doubts and heresy. All of these things, it's all in a person's head. This is the chametz that we need to protect in, our, in, in Pesach. Don't even allow one little bit of doubt in your head. If you're walking around every single day without new energy, it's because you're stuck in too much in the past. It's too much. You're not, you're not simple. Simple means, what, what do we do today? Pretend you're on vacation every day in your life. How would you wake up? It would be free and clear and, and clean and, 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 and not so heavy. But this is the problem. The problem is, is people cannot just say, what do you mean? How can I just let it go? Yeah, that's what, that's what the Torah is telling you. Just let it go. Forgive, forget, and let it go. Is there anything else more complicated? Or oh, we can maybe read 25 books on forgiveness. Or you can just let it go. Which one's easier? Let it go. Another pre- problem. When people are exhausted, it's very simple. Back to the same formula. When people are telling me they're exhausted, okay, do you do his Buddha do? Do you pray? I'm exhausted. How can I pray? That's exactly the problem. The problem is, is you're taking the issues in your life and you're not elevating them to Hashem. But in the bottom line, because what Nachman says here, the essence of your life force, the essence of your energy, comes from your prayer, as it is in prayer to God of my life. This is why a person should pray with all his energy. When a person prays with all his strength and concentrates his energy into the letters making up the prayers, his energy is renewed there. Did you hear expressos in this line? Is there anything about... Nothing. Simple. The words themselves, when you pray, and you pray to change yourself, you pray to see the situation differently, you all of a sudden get a boost of oxygen in your body. We said many times, if you came out of a prayer and you feel enlightened, you did it the right way. If you come out of a prayer and you feel exhausted, you didn't do it the right way. If you feel exhausted, it's because you're praying to change the situation and not yourself. And you're running out of patience and you're exhausted. If you feel enlightened, that means you stuck a button and you're saying, Hashem, please change me. 
one of the prayers that I say when I had a massive, massive, the first beginning of the year, massive anxiety from new, new business I took over, etc., is let me stay present. Let me have bitachon. And it was, it was not easy, but you have to scream. You have to scream. Like I said many times, when people get swallowed by a whale, they ask for the Wi-Fi passcode. They don't scream to get out. When you get swallowed by a whale in life, imagine Yonah asking Hashem, what's the Wi-Fi passcode? I'm comfortable here in this problem. Hmm. No, when you get swallowed by a whale, you're supposed to cry out to God and beg Him to help you. That's what you're supposed to do. To beg Him to help you. Not, sw- not ask for Wi-Fi passcodes and Netflix subscriptions and be comfortable and live in that mode and live your life like that. That's not what Hashem wants from you. He wants you to cry out. And this is exactly what we're going to talk about today. So he's saying here, when a person prays with all his strength and concentrates the letters into you, that means the more energy I put into my prayer, the more energy I get out. How do you like that? Of course the beginning is difficult. But once you get into that zone in his bodhidut, once you get into that zone in prayer, it's like Hashem takes over your mouth and you start praying for things you don't even know, you don't even understand why you're praying for those things. It's because that's called Ruach HaKodesh. But you have to create heat. You have to create heat. You have to put yourself on fire first. How do you do that? By thinking about how great Hashem is. By invoking tremendous gratitude and showing Hashem how He saved you from the past. How He saved you. I've been saved from many things. I've been saved from audits. I've been saved from divorces. I've been saved from mother-in-laws. I've been saved from... You name it. I've been saved from... I've been saved from everything. So if a person's having a hard time warming up, what should he do? He should invoke Hashem's mercy that He's given him to him before. That you have gotten mercy before. And then that itself should give you a little warmth. And once you start getting warmth, then you will be able to pour out your heart and talk to Hashem. And then you will, the energy will come. But this, you can't be on your phone while you're doing this. You have to be all in. You have to be all in. And then you can ask questions and the questions will be answered. And you will have a, a tremendous, you'll have like, a, like goosebumps in your, when you pray. And that's a very powerful feeling. That is what you can get to. You don't have to go to the Himalayans for this. You could do it in your backyard. If you wake up early, early, you could even get more goosebumps. That's the advantages of waking up for Hatzot. That's the advantages of crying out with the Shekhinah. Because when a person's waking up at that hour, he's crying out because the Shekhinah is in exile. That means Hashem, the Shekhinah, the female aspect of Hashem, is in exile due to our lack of perception, due to our, 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 our sins. That means Hashem, it's like the mother that's pouring out the milk instead of giving it to the baby, because the baby doesn't want to suckle the milk, he has to pour it into the ground. So the Shekhinah is in a lot of pain. Look at all this milk being wasted. Look at all the shefa this person could have received, but he's stuck in his story. Look at all the shefa this guy could have received, but he doesn't want to get married. Look at the shefa this guy could have received, but he's not honest in business. Look at the shefa he could have received, but he's not trusting me. So the Shekhinah is in massive pain that he can't give you. So you have to cry out, Please give me the dot to do your will. I want to receive, but I don't have the vessel. Build me the vessel, Hashem. Mm, this is how you. This is the. This is the argument you're gonna make. Why? Could, could you imagine a mother breast milk giving this milk refers to the, the milk gematra chalav milk is shefa. It's forty. So the milk is being spilt on the ground. That is the. That is. There's nothing greater than that pain that the shrina feels. And what happens to that milk? The other side gets it. Mm. 
This is what happens. This is exactly what you, why we have to do in tefillah. When we pray, we must have concentration. Because if we don't have concentration in prayer, we do not receive the bounty. Rabbi Nachman says, there's a name called Ani, which is the numerical value of Kli, 61. That means you have to have your heart and your mind in the same place. You have to be aligned. You have to go and ask Hashem to have the right intentions. The first intention should be, I want to draw closer to you. Kavana, that's Kavana. That's what we're fighting for. That's why it's so difficult today. But if I'm cold, what do I need to do? I need to invoke warmth. Warmth comes from showing how, how great Hashem is that in your life, praising Him, and then once you get to that warmth mode, just very similar to a workout. Once you start getting, you warm up in the, in the workout, you don't just start working out, you warm up, the, the muscles are a little tight, you warm up, and then once you get going, you're into that zone, you enter that runner's high, they call it. This is called the prayer's high. It's the same thing as exercising. But it, it requires tremendous amount of, of, of effort. But you, the person has to start warming up. How do you warm up even better? If you learn Torah before you pray. If you learn Torah before you pray, then it's much easier. easier. Because what happens? Now you're, you're praying to, to fulfill the Torah. That's what Rav Nachman says. Is the Torah helps your prayer. And prayer helps your Torah. It works both ways. So you should always have both ways. It's like a guy doing... Legs and doing arms. He has to do both. If he just prays, what is he going to pray for? If he just learns, he's, he's taking all the ammunition and never shooting. So you need the combination of Torah and prayer. Torah and prayer. That's the highest form, Reb Natan says. This is compared to the 50th gate. When you combine Torah and tefillah together, and you're praying for spirituality to be able to fulfill the Torah, you're going to get answered almost every single time. That's why if you pray for spirituality, you will get it. First, a person stop, he should stop praying for his business and he should say, Hashem, I need bitachon and simcha. If I have bitachon and simcha, I'm going to be successful. <laughs> Very simple. If I don't have bitachon and simcha, then I don't have a keli for the business. I need happiness and trust. Very simple. If I have bitachon and simcha, that's a spiritual question. When you pray like that, of course your business is going to do better. Hashem, give me simcha and emunah. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to attract different people in, on dates. And you're not going to prejudge. You're not going to qualify people on beacon scores that are 800. Right now people are, oh, if you don't have an 800 beacon score, I can't approve you. That's why nobody's getting married. Too many, the beacon scores are too high. You need to lower it to 650, 700, and get... And then you eventually you build your credit. But if you're just going for 800 beacon scores, um, it's not enough today. So Rav Nachman says here, lesson 177. And this is really, it's really the key to everything. And it's exactly what we say every single day when we say Kaddish. What's the purpose of saying Kaddish? Right? Kaddish is a very important thing. Rav Nachman says here, that when you say Kaddish, what are you saying? May his great name be exalted and be sanctified in this world, and he, as, his, as He created in accordance to His will. Not your will. His will. He wants, Hashem wants certain things to happen at a certain time for a certain person in a certain place. And the rain be given to His kingship. Basically, the Kaddish is crowding Hashem. That's what we're doing. So what is, this, what is He saying here? When we're saying, when we're saying Kaddish, it's really, a, it's really a prayer of humility and emunah. 
saying that there's, we're praising Hashem. That's why the Kaddish is so important. If a person says Kaddish with Kavana, our sages say that he can, he can knock out a seven-year sentence. Seven years. Seven years, 70. Seventy years. If a person says Amen with Kavanam, he can. If a person had a curse, God forbid, he can knock it out. That's and more than one lifetime. And more than one lifetime. And also, if you say, a person says Amen to the Kaddish, Amen is numerical value of ninety-one. It's basically playing Adanut and Yud Kevavke together. It's a very powerful thing to say Kaddish and really mean it. But it's not just saying ba 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 ba. It's, it's understanding. What am I doing when I'm saying Kaddish? I'm crowning Hashem. I'm doing His will. And Rabbi Nachman says here, Now, when a person is content with his will and disposed towards God's will exactly as he wills it, what does that mean? Acceptance. Letting go. Having a munah. Understanding that things happen. It's not always about you. His will means there's a bigger will going on that I don't know. But I'd rather get onto that, that channel than get onto my channel. Because my channel is getting blacked out. I'd rather get into Hashem's channel. So what do we need to pray every single day? Please, Hashem, give me the dot to do your will. Right now, I, I, I'm not doing His will because I don't have the dot. Because if I did have the dot, I would do His will. But because I don't have the dot, because I don't have the consciousness, because I don't have the knowledge, I can't do His will. So a prayer, a simple prayer, a person should say, I say it every day, please, Hashem, give me the dot to do your will. That's it. I want to do your will, because if you go against Hashem's will, if you go against what is, that's where all the suffering is. Not accepting what is. person has the moment, he's not accepting the moment, he's upset. Not accepting the moment, he's got his anxiety. But if you just were in the moment, and you accept exactly what Hashem wants for you right there, that is the key. And he says here, for the essence of the Malchut is his will. As it says, he created, what did he create the whole world for? He created the world in order to do his will. However, when a person wants some other will, distinctive from God's will, then he's, king, he, then he's crowning, an, uh, uh, God forbid, the other side. He's crowning uh, the, uh, the false gods. That's called idolatry. What is idolatry? Anger. Anger is idolatry. That means I don't want what Hashem wants, I want something else completely. So now he's going to say something. For a person has to now completely nullify himself, his will to the will of God, and he should have no other will whatsoever other than God's will. Whether it be money, whether it be children, whether it be anything else. I remember my wife, she couldn't get pregnant for six years. Six years. No, six years. You, you live in my house? I can tell you how long you live. Okay, good. If you want to correct me on my... Okay, wonderful. Six years. Thank you, Joe. So, so, that was his will. Hashem's will right then was that she shouldn't get pregnant. At, that, at six for six years. I had three babies in, in, in 18 months. To show you, it's when Hashem wants to do it. It's not up to you. Her, his will at that time was for her to get closer to Hashem through the being barren. Or to get closer to Hashem, to do things differently. Because a person is normally going to do things differently if he's in a situation of lacking. So that, that was the waiting for her to build a vessel. Now Baruch Hashem, when she built the vessel, here's the kids. Same thing with us today. The same thing with a person being single. It's Hashem's will that you should be single right now. Maybe you need to work on yourself. Maybe you need to do... It's not by accident. There's no accidents. We need to understand... <laughs> 
we need to understand that there's not a limit of people. You can find a person in one minute, but if a person is always, always complaining that he can't find the right one, he needs to focus on becoming the right one. And asking Hashem, what do I need to do? What, what is your will right now that you want me to change to attract the right person? Maybe it could be that you're supposed to marry a kid with kids. Maybe it's supposed to be that you're supposed to... Who knows? Who knows what it is? But I don't have that answer for you, but you do in your heart. That's the purpose of asking Hashem to do His will. And this is exactly what Rabbi Nachman says. The proper Sechachim says, Is it not true that a person should pray for all his needs? Is he not supposed to beseech God for what he lacks and what he wants? What does that mean, not to do other, other will than God's will? For example, if a person has no children, then apparently that's God's will. However, then he can pray for it to be otherwise. Can he pray for it to be otherwise? How can, a bar- how can the barren be asked to be blessed with offspring when it goes against God's will? However, it is certainly desirable for a person for- to pray for his deeds. Indeed, he must pray, but he should make every effort to ensure that his prayers are directed for God's sake. No matter what he prays for, his will should be for the sake of fulfilling God's will. Moreover, when God desires a person's prayer, so this, listen to this, this is the most important part here. There are times that God makes a person feel a lack precisely because He wants the person to pray to Him. Your lack in your life is for you to get closer to God. That's what His will is. His will is not just my wife, no kids, etc. That's what He wanted. He wanted her to get closer to Him. He could have given her kids a long time ago, but that was not His will. His will is first you get closer to me, then because I'm going to teach you a system on how, when you have a lack in life, I'm going to teach you a system to pray. So now you know that every time you have a lack in your life, it's when I got that IRS audit five, six years ago, that system taught me that anytime I want something really bad, I have to vision it, I have to already plan the Sudam. So that IRS audit was the greatest thing that happened to me because it taught me a system of praying. It taught me a system to visualize what I want, not focus on what I don't want. So that was the greatest gift that I got because it put me in such pressure that I had to go all in on this. If I were, you would have told me, you know what, go watch this guy Joe Dispenza's video on imagination. It would have been very hard because I wasn't hungry enough. I wasn't desperate enough to do it. But once I got enough desperation to say, I better go all in on this thing because this is the massive problem, it forced me to know all in concentration. That gave me the secret to know how to pray with, with, with imagine, not only use words, but already use imagination on what I want. And that was an unbelievable, it was an unbelievable gift. It was an unbelievable gift. So the same thing. God's giving you a lack in your life, and that's His will. First you have to accept His will. And then you have to say, then you have to understand that every lack that He's giving you, because today it's very simple. The lack is, 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 is for you to get closer. It's not a mystery today, what, why people are lacking things. People are lacking things because Hashem, Hashem wants them a little bit more out of them. He, they, he believes you have more inside of you, you might think you did everything. People tell me, I don't know, I'm doing everything. Oh, really? What are you doing? Are you doing his body do? Yeah, five minutes. Are you keeping Shabbat? Mm, half a day. What do you mean you're doing everything? You're not really doing everything. You're doing a couple of things. He wants more out of a person. Bottom line, he wants more out of a person. That's what you need to understand. And you need to understand that the person has more inside of him and he has to give him more. Once you turn it up, everything else changes.
But he wants more out of a person. He needs to understand that. But the, but the number one thing is we have to say is we have when we say Kaddish, what are we doing? We're crowding Hashem. We're saying, I want to do your will. And your will is perfect and you're running the world perfect. That's how you're running the world. Exactly perfect. If I'm single, that means I need to go and focus on becoming better. There's no, there's no magic formulas. Don't blame the market. Don't blame the guys. Don't blame the girls. Blame... And not, not in a bad way, but say, I need to become better. I need to become better. Do I have, is my moon 100%? Is my bitachon 100%? Am I very open-minded? Is my simcha 100%? You can go to some synagogues. <laughs> they're there, but their hearts are not there. They may be moving their lips, but their hearts are very far away. Because you could feel the difference. And this is exactly what Hashem is saying. It says the main prayer should be offered for the sake of Shekhinah. So that's why Reb Nachman, when Reb Nachman says, you don't even have to pray, Reb Nachman says, all you do is thank Hashem for your problems. Because when you're thanking Hashem for your problems, what are you saying? This is what your will is. Thank you. Don't say anything else. That's why he says, if you say thank you for your problems, you're going to get a Yeshua. Because all of a sudden you start aligning yourself to God's will. That's what the whole thing is. But anything against, anything against any kind of acceptance is where all the problems are coming from. And that's why the word Yid Gadal, right? It's two words, Tagid and Dal. In Aramaic, the word Tagid means Keter, crowning. And the word Dal means Malchut, means Emunah, crowning the king. When you say Yid Gadal, what are you doing? Crowning the king. Crowning the king means 100% health. What are 90% of sicknesses coming from today? Exhaustion, fatigue, all of these things. Stress. Stress is, you want, your stress doctors is not going your way. Otherwise, we'd be perfectly healthy. Remember, the word hole means missing, missing light. If a person's sick, God forbid, in any part of his body, God forbid, people have, you never have cancer, but most of the time, it's your missing light, halal. I'm missing Hashem's light in my body. If a person has a headache, he's missing light in, in, at that time. He's trying to be stressed over what is. Remember, everything is stressed over what is. This is what's going on, and I'm not accepting it. I'm not crowning the king. That's the, that's the problem. And this is why we say, Rav Nachman says, this is why we say the Kaddish in Aramaic. Why do we say it in Aramaic? Because all the other side, what does the other side try to do? The other side, the other side, the klipot, what do they do? They, they get sustenance on holiness. For example, if a person eats good, they can't get any sustenance. But if he overeats, what happens? Why does he become tired? Because the other side took his energy. You, you gave your energy. Same thing. When a guy's dating a non-Jew, etc., what do you think you're giving your mazal to? It's, imagine if a guy told you, listen, I'm going to go transfer your mazal to this girl, or you can not be with her. What do you think you're doing? You're giving your mazal over to somebody else. That's what you're doing. You're giving your bracha to somebody else. Okay. You can have, obviously, you can have remorse. I know when I was in that world, I couldn't, anything I touched was garbage. My mazal, I had no mazal. I had no mazal because the mazal wasn't activated. I was, my, mazal, my mazal was transferred to somebody else. Maybe that person did really good at that time. 
but I got my mazal back by fixing my Brit. That's where the word motzizela levatala means mazal. You want your mazal back? You got to delete some numbers. You got to delete some numbers. So, the other side gets sustenance. That's exactly why this, the other side, before Shabbat, it makes a person angry. Because they try to hijack holiness. That's exactly what they do. So in Aramaic, when the person says in Aramaic, he, he's able to... He, the strongest counterbalance against the klipot is what? Praising God. They can't touch that. When you have gratitude, you know what happens? All of the garbage collapses in your head. All of the doubts, all of the sefekot, everything collapses. That's why when we pray, we always have hallelujah, we praise. So when a person has gratitude, it's the number one way to get rid of any confusion in your life. Because what happens? Where is the, where is the confusion sucking on? It's sucking on doubt. It's sucking on when a person has a, a pigam. Even when a person says a bracha, if he doesn't say it correctly, the other side can come to it. Anything that's fallen, fallen kedusha is exactly where the other side can say. And that's what sucks people's energy. That's what sucks people. A person's running after money. He's exhausted. Maybe he's running too much. So what happens? The other side gets. Anything in excess, as our sages say, when there's so- sorrow is in excess. Our biggest fight in life today is to fight against too much excess, which you're naturally prone to want more money, to want more food, to want more girls, to want more everything, to want more this. You're naturally inclined to do that. But that's where the sorrow is. So the key to that is what? Gratitude and satisfaction. That's how you fight any kind of, 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 of these ruts. Gratitude and satisfaction. And that's exactly why we say the Kaddish in Arabic. But when we say the Kaddish, we're ultimately crowning Hashem. We're saying, I want your will. So practically from this class, we need to understand your life can change the minute you accept and the minute you say, Hashem, all I want to do is follow your will. If this guy's meant to be, wonderful. If he's not meant to be, that's also wonderful. If this business is meant to be, wonderful. If it's not, wonderful also. Don't, we don't know what's good for us. Do you understand? We, we're, we're, not, we're not able to see the big picture sometimes. But what you could do is not go against yourself. When you go against yourself is when you fight what is. When you fight reality. When you fight reality, you're going to lose 100% of the time. Alright, that's today's class.